The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X One, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple: X One at X One Radio TV dot com on all social media sites. X One Radio TV, and to find out all the great programming we have available for you on the X One Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. and we're also heard around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network. Exxon Broadcast Network across Europe on Euro Radio TV and of course on iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is Morrigan Lynn. She has been a professional psychic medium, intuitive coach, and paranormal investigator for 11 years. Having an act for demystifying spiritual lingo, she has assisted thousands with better understandings of the practical application of these esoteric practices and supports people in finding what works for them. She is an empath clairvoyant and clairaudient practitioner that specializes in shadow work and walking people through their own fires of transformation. Her website, www.embracewithin.com. And uh, Morgan, what was it that that led you to the work that you're doing these days? Well, it's very interesting. I think everybody's journey is unique and special unto themselves, but um, I feel like I got a little bit thrusted into it um, against my own will because I really didn't want to do this work. I was rejecting it and resisting it as much as I could. And it really, at some point, you just kind of get to this place where you know it's real, you can't mm-hmm. ignore it, you can't make up the excuses anymore. And so that resistance that you feel, you just kind of surrender to it. And then all of a sudden, everything just started locking in and and uh, and working. Wow! Um, in your bio, uh, you were saying that you specialize in shadow work. What is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, shadow work is a very um, important component. Mm-hmm. I feel like with all of this spiritual movement in our world, everyone is seeking peace and wholeness and and love and connection. But part of what that is about is also about embracing the pieces and parts of us that we want to deny. Mm -hmm. So our shadow selves are the pieces and parts that we want to ignore, that we're ashamed of or we're embarrassed of, or we're just too traumatized to really look at them again. And so in order to have wholeness, I feel like we need to go into those dark parts and get the nutrition out of it. 
because that's going to be where the healing and the awareness of self is going to be. And we can't deny them. We can't just look at what's positive and what's love and what's beautiful. We need to go into those dark parts and kind of sift through the garbage and take, take away whatever is going to be of value as we go forward. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do on your own. Sometimes it's, it's a little scary. And so I like being that person for them so that we can walk through it together. Now, um, I've got about a minute before I have to take my first break. Uh, when did you know something was different? When did you know that you were experiencing something very unique? Well, I think it all started when I was around seven or eight years old when um, I felt things and I couldn't see them. So I knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a family of psychics, but we were all very afraid of it. And so we shut it down. We were, um, I guess, we're raised superstitious and fearful. And um, we didn't know what to do with it. And so everybody just kind of one by one started shutting it down. And then it wasn't until I was about 27 where it started to kind of come back online, if you will. And uh, that's the portion of the game where I just couldn't ignore it anymore. It was, it was pretty prevalent. Do you think that you turned it back on or it turned itself back on? I'm sure some, on some level I did, but mm. I, I'm telling you, at that point, I was kicking and screaming. I didn't want it. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to my guides. I didn't want anything to do with it. And I felt like it came on to me, almost in a way of, um, you're going to do this, and you don't really have a choice. Gotcha. So. All right, Morgan. Morgan, right? Please stand yeah. by. We've got to take our first break, and we'll be back on the other side of this break. Exonation, our guest is Morgan Lynn, and her website is embracewithin.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Morgan and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Exonation, Morgan Lynn is our special guest. Her website is embracewithin.com. So when was the moment that you realized there was no turning back, that it was time to embrace this journey? Um, probably around uh, 27, 28, my son had just been born. And back home, I had heard that a friend of mine had passed away and Then hearing how his mother was on suicide watch because of the death, and here I am holding my, I don't know, I guess he was two or three months old at the time, and just terrified because now I'm a new mother and I just realized, oh my gosh, there are things I'm going to have to deal with that I didn't think about. So all this fear was going through me and I was crying Mm -hmm. and nursing my son And I heard a woman's voice in my right ear that said, you're not going to have to worry about that. Your son will be safe. And it was in that moment and it was audible and it was clear and distinct. And all of a sudden I knew right there that it was real, that 
it's time for me to start giving them some credit, giving these guides that I had no idea about, giving them a little bit of my time because I felt like I owed it to them at that point. Mm -hmm. They had been taking care of us, and that was kind of the turning point for me. You know, were your friends and family supportive of this new direction, or were you kind of ridiculed? A little bit of both, I think. In the beginning, it was kind of this cool thing to do. Like I kind of did it at parties, and mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a <laughs> it was kind of a party trick in a way. And it got all fun and and flippant. But then when I started turning it into more of a business and got a little bit more serious with it, I think some people had a hard time with it, and I don't know why. There's lots of reasons why I think people um, shy away from things like this, but. I actually um, ended up getting a divorce because my husband at the time had uh, pretty much made me choose between him and it, which is, you know, kind of a crappy thing to do. It is. It certainly is. But yeah, (laughs) it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't my best day, but you know what, something, it's very interesting with when one finds their path, the path never fails them. Yeah, but, but let me stop you here me. for a sec. Let me stop you here for a sec. As as yeah. a as a psychic, couldn't you see that coming? <laughs> no, seriously. Um probably on some level, but I was really holding on to this idealized version of what I thought family was and I was really I mean, I had just had a new baby and mm-hmm. here we are and we had just got a house and so I was really resisting and holding on to that, but I knew it was over. I'm human. I make those I make those judgment calls too. So how did you how did you rectify these this dilemma you were in? Well, I left and um lovingly released friends and family mm-hmm. that had a problem with it because when it really boils down to it, I want people in my life that are going to be for me. Not what I do, not a conditional, as long as I do what they're comfortable with, then they'll stay in my life. And so just through the years, I've gotten really clear that um, not everybody's going to get it, and I don't need everybody to get it. I get it, and that's where my conviction lies. And it's okay if they don't get it, but we also don't need to do this this push-pull thing anymore. And so I I just let them go. Tell us about your guides. What is your relationship with them? Well, they, first of all, think they're game show hosts. I swear, <laughs> the first seven years, um, they, when we began, when I finally said, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I will give you my time. I will see what this is about. For about the first seven years of it, um, they would wake me up in the morning and they'd go, today we're going to play a game. And then they would give me the game we're going to play that day, whether it was um, witness judgment or you know, where are you convicted and where are you living? You know, so they would give me these tasks to play. Um, they're brutally honest, and that's something that I've grown to love. I didn't love that in the beginning because it kind of sucks when they're, you know, hitting you upside the head with the two-by-four. But I also know that I needed it. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten to a place where we're just, they're my friends. They're my they're my best friends, and I, I trust them implicitly. Wow. Do you generally focus on on one particular tool when when reading for people? And and if you could, walk us through the process. Yeah, I started this kind of leaning on my guides and asking them, who am I, what do I need to be? 
So I've never really studied like astrology or tarot or anything like that um, as a as a as teaching. So in the beginning, when someone would come up to me and they'd say, "Well, do you do this? Can I can I know about this?" My very next response would be, "I don't know. Let's see." And so then I'd go to my guides and I'd go, "What do I need to know about this? How do I need to do this?" And they would show me. So. My process is unique unto the person. I serve the highest good. So whatever that person comes with, whether it's going to be looking at their past lives or perhaps they have um, entity attachments or they need a chakra clearing, it really is I give myself over to what that person needs. So the the um, the particular segment or the tool or whatever I use is always going to be different. It's always going to be unique. What kind of clientele do you get? What are what are the people seeking? What answers are they looking for? A lot of them want to, even though they may not say it like this, it's how I hear it, a lot of them want to remember who they are. Um, I, that makes me emotional just saying that. We've forgotten. We have forgotten who we are. And what I mean by that is, you know, we we are born into this life, and we have several lives, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we come in having sort of an idea of who we are, but we're infants and we can't express that. And then we have these early years of formative, you know, they, they formulate us and they change us. Who, who and then are they? Life who, kinda, who, who are they? Life kind of beats you down a little. Who are they? You said they change they, us. Who are they? Um, my, do you mean my guides? Is I that, don't know. Did I you, say you, they there? You said they change us. We come into this life and they change us. And you use the words as if somebody controls us. Oh, I don't know that I, I didn't realize I said that. No, I feel like life, like okay. life changes us. Things happen, are depending on our surroundings and who we're raised by, mm-hmm. that has a big impact on us. And yeah, the first 12 years, we don't have a lot of free will, but then we start growing into our free will. And I feel like when clients are in that space, they're really trying to remember who they were before all the crap happened. You know, you you said we don't have free will, and I remember as a child having all the free will I needed. There were rules and regulations that that were set out for my safety. The same rules and regulations I set out for my children and they set out for their children. But, mm-hmm. you know, life is a choice. I will certainly not let anybody uh, make a choice that I know will hurt them. But, right. you know, if they've got a choice of either going to a movie or going to the library. They've got a choice of either, you know, eating a hamburger or pizza. So how can we Absolutely. say we have no free will? Um, I'm speaking more on the bigger picture in the sense that we're born into the family we're born mm-hmm. into. Yeah. We have a, um ec- economical, socio-lifestyle that yeah. we are born into. Right. Um, we don't have a lot of choice there. If a person is born into an abusive family, they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of choice there. I know that we are free will beings. I know that that's ultimately sure. the entire experience on Earth. Um, but there's a lot that can happen to children that they don't really have a lot of say over, and that will evolve them, that will change them. But there are a lot of people who believe that the decision to come to a certain family is part of a contract you make before you're born. Mm-hmm. So how do we explain mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, I feel like we choose the families that we're born into. I feel like that's all um, soul contracts. Mm -hmm. That is the higher free will. I believe that we do choose these families and we do choose these environments. However, the moment you enter that physical body, you don't remember those soul contracts. And so now it becomes human free will, ego free will. So it's a different stage setting and we forget everything, which is kind of the, the, it's the promise. It's the deal. We just forget everything so that we can just work our way to back to the remembering of it. Mm -hmm. How has being a psychic and your new life affected you personally? You know, here you are a single mom. I, I don't know if you've been remarried or not, or if, or what your or what your situation is, but how has it affected your ability to to go forth? Um, you know, to be honest, I feel like it really saved me mm. because I get to talk about it every day. Right. I it, I am doing this full time. I am remarried, by the way, to a beautiful man that totally supports it, totally gets it. Congratulations! Um, but because I'm able to talk about it every day and mm -hmm. I have classes and I have coaching and, and, and on and on. I learned through it as well. Like my guides, whatever I'm getting for that client, I get it for myself as well. And so because it's such a constant conversation for me, I don't even want to think about who I would be if I didn't have this. Does everybody have the, this ability? I think everyone has intuition, and I do believe that everyone has the capability. Um, not everyone wants to embrace it. and so, Like, I grew up really afraid of it, and so I shut it down. Mm -hmm. Yes, my guides kind of put it on me to open it back up, but not everybody chooses to open it back up. I think everyone has the capability, but it's like a muscle. If you want to enhance it and strengthen it, then you you choose to go into that direction and you you make it stronger for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Um, let me see. I've got about a minute and a half before my next commercial break. So why do you think people really cling on to stuff that they find to be uncomfortable? I think by nature, we, we like control. We like things we can count on. Mm -hmm. And even though it's uncomfortable, we can count on it. So if we have patterns or we have traumas or, or abuse in our life, I feel like we lean towards it because we, it may suck, but we can count on it. And we know, we know who we are in it. And that feeds the ego to have a little bit of control in a situation that um, is known to branch out and go out of our comfort zone means to have it be unknown, which means it could be, you know, we would we fear that it's going to be more dangerous if we go beyond what we know. So I yeah. feel like we kind of stay in those patterns mm -hmm. just because we crave the control. Morgana, Morgan, I'm sorry. Morgana was That's a guest okay. I had a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> Morgan, please stand by, my dear. You and I will be back right. on the other side of this short break with the news. And ExoNation, if you'd like to find out more about Morgan Lynn, her website is embracewithin.com. She is an angel therapy practitioner 
and angelic Reiki master and teacher. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll both be back on the other side of the news, so don't you dare go away. And welcome back, everyone. Morgan Lynn is our special guest. She is an angel therapy practitioner, angelic Reiki master, and teacher. Her website is embracewithin.com. If there was just one thing you could do to help people understand about the work that you do, what would it be? That it's easy, honestly. I think there's so much buildup. Mm-hmm. Over, I mean, first of all, there's tons of buzzwords now, and spiritual practices are very big. Um, it's gaining a lot of momentum, and I think people get overwhelmed in it because there's so much to choose from. And I feel like if people were to stop and just center for a moment and then listen to their own voice, to their small, still voice within, this path can be very easy. We don't have to do everything, we don't have to know all the answers. We already have everything we need within. It's just now about remembering. So a lot of my work is just walking people through that just so that they can, it sounds so so simplified, but it's, it's really so that they can remember. Remember from where? Um, remember from their origin before all of this stuff happens, whatever stuff that is, whatever... Whatever has happened in their life and, and whatever has pulled them a, away from their center, um, because everyone has their own baggage, they have their own, their own past, their own mm-hmm. stuff. And that stuff tends to pull them away from who they are, from, from the thing that they are. And so it's about working our way back. I hope you don't take this next question the wrong way. No no, uh, nothing negative implied, but why would a person go to see you instead of a trained psychotherapist or psychologist? It's funny. I actually, actually have a lot of clients that are, they tell me I'm better than their therapist. Is it because because you tell them what they want to hear? No, I don't tell people what they want to hear. That is, that is what the shadow work is about. I actually offend people quite often and really push their buttons because part of the work and the shadow work is about calling them out on their bullshit. If no, they're just like or... I'd like to remind you that this is a family show. So I okay, would appreciate sorry. if you watch your language. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So part of it is really about reminding them and, and walking them back because we avoid, we deflect, 
We want to um, not, again, we want to stay in that comfort zone. We don't want to see the icky parts. And so part of my job in the shadow work is to hold them accountable. So I actually don't tell people what they want to hear. Um, And I think because I have the psychic capacity with that, I think that's what's different than therapy. I've done therapy. I'm a huge advocate of therapy. And if someone needs to go to therapy, I recommend that for them. So I don't think one thing ever is going to work for a person. I think that we can pull nutrition from lots of different areas. But once, but, but once um, again, you're not a trained professional, so how can you counsel people? Um, well, I listen, and I see them, and I witness them. Not yeah. who they want me to think they are, but who they really are. And they may have forgotten, or maybe they're really, un- like they're really nervous about mm-hmm. being face-to-face with that. And so I just mirror that back to them. All right, but don't you think there might be a danger that... Playing with somebody's mind can be dangerous. You know, you're. you're, you're I don't. Go ahead. You know, it's. I, I find this rather strange where people will go to, once again, I, like I said, no offense meant. Yeah. But, but people go to a stranger who does not have any certificates, is not licensed or governed by any governing body, instead of going mm-hmm. to a trained professional. I just find that strange. Right. Yeah, I'm not playing with their mind. That isn't that isn't a, a statement I would say is accurate for me. Okay. Because there's not there's no games. I'm not messing with their mental capacity or their ability to take in information on a mental level. It's walking with them where they need to go. And I know that it, it sounds so woo woo when I talk about it like that. But when a person is witnessed, maybe for the first time in their entire life. And what I mean by that is really seen, not seen for what they can give you or Mm -hmm. not seen for what they can produce or not seen for their role in, in this world, but really see them. And you hold space right there and you're as authentic as you can be. People shift when they are held in that space. It's not a game. It's not a mental, I'm not playing with their mind. Mm -hmm. It's just real and when you hold that space for people their shields drop all of the garbage that they've piled on top of them starts falling away and then what's underneath that is their authentic self they can't get the same counsel from friends relatives a member of the clergy oh absolutely i'm not saying i know everything i'm not saying i'm the one that has the answer i'm saying I know what I know, and I'm good at what I know, and I'm okay if I don't know everything. I actually suggest people to have multiple areas mm-hmm. in their life where they seek counsel. This isn't a one-stop shop thing. I'm, I don't have all the answers. Right. What are the demographics of people who come to see you? Uh, are they mostly men, mostly women? Uh, is there a certain age bracket, or is it right across the board? Um, it's the majority of women, honestly, that's, um, the space I hold anyway, because I think that women get to have that safe space, but I actually do see my fair share of men. I feel like men are starting to get permission to touch their emotional body, their empath self. Um, you know, men have been hardwired to have this 
you, you know, the emotions are weakness and you can't feel and, and don't be a girl and don't be a, a, you know, a sissy, yada, yada. But I think men are finally coming around to where it's okay for them to express their emotions. And, and again, I have that safe space for people. So I hold that for them. I think that's one of the biggest fallacies going where men, you know, are told they're supposed to be strong, this and that. I was never taught that. Yeah. My children oh, have never been good. taught that. You know, it's 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 all right to cry. It's all right to show love. It's all right to show affection. It's all right to hold your wife's hand as you're walking down the street. You know, this is what life is about, love. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, so when I hear this part about men being programmed uh, this i i don't understand it and i can't Um, understand anybody letting that happen to themselves yeah i'm with you too i i we are choking Mm. them because when you deny any part of you and make it wrong Mm -hmm. now you are out of balance and so part of the work for men is giving them permission to just feel like really just feel whatever you feel and even that can be transformational. Yeah. Would you say that the majority of women who come to you have been abused one way or another? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I think that's part of the crap that we have to work through. Um, in, in some way, shape, or form, we've all been told that we're not good enough on some level, whatever it is, even mass marketing, mm-hmm. you know, even magazines and such, are all are, we are inundated with messages that, we're just not good enough. And so uh, we got to work out of that. Safety is in numbers. Sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why not get the momentum going that we're awesome just the way we are? And There's nothing wrong. Here's and, my, and, and I, yeah, and here's I, my magic, yeah. and it's different than your magic, and yay, let's party together. It's exactly. all good. See, uh, I, I find this very disturbing that there are people in this world that treat other people like that. I really mm-hmm. find that disturbing. Yeah, it's pretty sad. So how do lightworkers and others in the spiritual community respond to the kind of work you're doing? Are they accepting? Are they supportive? Mm, I get kind of mixed reviews. I have some really close friends that are, you know, there's this, you know, light worker, light worker is one of those buzzwords that's going on right now. And mm-hmm. so being a shadow worker, you know, by, by nature, I'm opposite. So at first, I think there's a lot of curiosity, but then honestly, because of the depths that I go, I think it makes them nervous. I think that um, people tend to lean towards light work because they want to stay in that fluffy bunny energy where everything's love and light, and they're not comfortable going into the, the, the shadow part of it. So I think by that virtue there i'm going to be a little bit of the odd man out why 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 do why would you consider yourself being the one who's going to be the odd man out i don't consider that i'm experiencing that oh (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah so yeah oh no it's okay hmm so what is your overall vision uh, with this direction of work Hmm. So many answers at one time. My overall vision is really just to be a, a powerful representation of, of what it looks like mm-hmm. to really dive into the depths 
you are going to survive. It's not going to kill you. Um, you can be stronger coming out. Um, it's really safe to embrace all that we are. We are limitless beings. And if we're only accepting half of the equation and yet at the same time calling it wholeness, well, that math doesn't add up for me. And so I really want to be the space to show people that shadow work is good for us. It's nutritional. It's, it's transformational. That, and then on that level, just being able to model for people how it's done that you can go in and dive deep and come out, you know, nourished. It's not going, it's not going to kill you people. It's not going to kill you people, but it does cure you apparently. Um, it gives us more of a sense of wholeness because I know my shadow. I know mm-hmm. where it creeps up. I know how it sabotages. I know where my prostitute archetype gets in my face. I know where I sabotage my worth and my value. And so because I've gone into the shadow, I know that side of me. Now I have the the awareness around it and I don't let myself go habitually into those places mindlessly. Would you say I that our lessons it. our lessons in life are are geared to make us stronger? Um I have an aversion to the word lessons because for me that feels very judgy. Um, I do feel like we're here to experience contrast. I feel like big, big picture, that's what human life is about, is experiencing contrast. Mm-hmm. I know this because I've had that, and that gives me a greater sense of self, and I think that's the, that's the big mystery of what this life is about. And so to know light, I also know shadow because I know light and vice versa. So I don't know that, I don't know that we come here for quote-unquote lessons, that feels very um, pass or fail to me, and that puts me under a lot of pressure <laughs> to like get it get it right before I die. Well, no, no, no. Uh, you, see, I you see, I believe I believe that in life, if you uh, what some people call failure, I've always looked mm-hmm. at as a a lesson to success. Right, right. Once again, yeah, it's, I it's just, perception. I, I just have a little, yeah, exactly. I just have a little aversion to the word lesson. Well, I've got an aversion to the word commercial break, but I have to take one, so please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is Morgan Lynn, and her website is Embrace Within, and we'll be back on the other side of this final break here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Her website is Embrace Within. Her name is Morgan Lynn, and she is an angel therapy practitioner and angelic Reiki master slash teacher. Listen, now, what is angelic therapy? Angelic therapy is a um, certification course coined by Doreen Virtue, and it is working specifically with the angelic realm to help clear attachments, clear debris, to align the body systems. Mm -hmm. It's a specific teaching and certification course. 
And what do you do as an angelic uh, practitioner? And I'm sorry, angel therapy practitioner. Yeah, um, a lot of it is going into the um, my client. Pers- let's just say my client mm-hmm. um, connecting with their guides, and then their guides guide me in what that person needs. So if they have cords that need cutting, let's say they have attachments to unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. then we cut the cords. Um, there's a lot of different uh, chakra kind of balancing work we could do. If they have past life work, then their guides will guide me into that. It's really leaning on the guardian angels of that person. So you believe in angels? I do. Have you seen angels? Very much so. I'm sorry? I said very much so, and I'm laughing because if I said no, my guides would pop me upside the head. (laughs) Well, what's the difference between a guide and an angel? Um, for me, they're synonymous, but really, technically, people have guardian angels and they have spirit guides, mm-hmm. and um, each grouping has a different uh, contract with that person. Guardian angels tend to be more over life review kind of thing, where they they help them on the big picture of their life. They guide them in different directions based on their contracts. And spirit guides, in my experience, have been more of specialists. They're teaching that person something specific, like a skill or an ability or psychic awareness or something, whatever that contract dictates for that person. But I really do just kind of lop them in together and say my guides. Okay. Uh, how has your your work as a empath, clairvoyant, and clairaudient practitioner, as well as the work you do in Reiki, how has it affected your personal belief structure? Well, I'm very quilt work, patchwork kind of belief system person anyway. Um, I'm very eclectic all across the board. Mm -hmm. I pull from different religions, different belief systems. I like that. Um, My work is supporting me in that because I don't feel like there's an answer for everything. I don't think that there's one path for, for all people. And I more or less was born eclectic. I believe in all. And I pick and and choose the things that are going to fit for me. It's why I don't really expect anybody to agree or get it. Like, it's really for me. And so my work mm-hmm. um, it, it evolves around that. It really it, it comes from that place. So the people that come and seek your counsel, how does what you do affect their belief structure? Well, all I ask people is to be open-minded on their path. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need them to get mine, and I am certainly not in the business in converting people. Like, this is not a belief system. I don't work in belief systems. Um, We're supporting the person in the path that they chose before they were born. I have no say over that, and I have no judgment about that. So it doesn't matter what the religion of the person or the philosophy of the person I support them where they are. Tell me more about this pre-life contract. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. What do you know okay. about it? Yeah. I feel like the soul is eternal. I feel like because the soul wants to understand self, that's where we get into the human experience of contrast. Mm-hmm. I feel like in all of that magnificent vastness, 
we create contracts with each other. I do feel like we will repeat patterns with each other, not because it's a punishment or a karmic debt or anything necessarily. I feel like on a soul level, we want to try again. Like, wow, that didn't go so great. I would really like to try that again. Would you help me with that? And then that person, because the soul is free will, can decide whether or not they want to incarnate with them to help them through that again. And so on a big picture, everything is created to help each soul understand self better. And you, you might call that lessons. Mm -hmm. I call it um, the experiences of expansion. Um, but then we're born. And we come into this human life, and the cosmic joke is we forget everything we agreed upon, and then we try to do our best. And so we, that, I feel like that's where we're pulled to certain people, or we feel like, I know they're toxic, but I can't seem to leave them, like there's this pull. And it's because the contract is in play, and, and it's asking for a new choice, a new tactic. What are some of the problems you've helped people with over the years? Oh, gosh. Paranormal work is a big one. People have a lot of activity in their homes or they have negative spirits or negative entities um, attacking their family. Um, the basics, really, like grounding and centering and chakra work and helping them meditate, things like that. Mm -hmm. I've done past life work with people. I've done the level of my empath abilities is when I connect to somebody and I am about to read them, my body will react the way their body is, is functioning. So if they have a migraine, I get a migraine. If they are nervous, I'm nervous. Like my body will immediately react to theirs. So that helps me walk them through the awareness that it's happening because you would not believe how used to these ailments and issues people are they don't realize they've had them because they walk around with them every day and so when I'm able to mirror back to them hey do you know that your diaphragm is up in your upper lungs and you're short breathing because I can't breathe right now and it helps them realize these things that they're doing to themselves mm -hmm. um, and hopefully correct them so you also do medical intuitive work Kind of, but again, I am I I never claim to have that because I'm not certified in that. If there is even a certification, yeah. So tell me about the paranormal work that you do. Um, you said that you help people uh, do clearings and so on and so forth. What was your um, What was your introduction into the world of the paranormal? Probably because when I was seven, I would feel spirits around me, and of course, at the time, I didn't know. But then um, probably about 15 years ago, um, that's when it all kind of sparked for me. I got really interested in it, mm -hmm. and my friends and I would go into um, haunted places and cemeteries, you know, the, the usual gambit, just to go play. But then it started to become a service, and I love mediumship work. Like, I love connecting people with their past loved ones. Mm -hmm. It's very rewarding and beautiful. But really, my passion is helping souls that have been dead for a really long time help them cross over. Because there's something very interesting, and this is completely my own theory. The longer a person has been dead and they haven't crossed over, they start getting a, a bit of an amnesia. 
Like they start forgetting that they've died. And I feel like when you hear of the common hauntings like the nurse in the hospital or the chambermaid in the hotel, et cetera, mm-hmm. I feel like those beings are doing what's natural because it feels comfortable to them. They, it's familiar, and so it's comforting them. But they have been dead so long that they have forgotten they've died. And so part of what I do is I lovingly and gently walk them through remembering that they've died so that they can cross over. And where did they cross over to? Oh, everyone has their own theory. For me, it's just source. I just, I call it source. I call it home. Um, I'm sure some people would call it heaven. Mm -hmm. It's that energy of, of home. How about ghosts? Have you ever seen ghosts? You know, I actually don't see with my physical eyes. Um, very rarely will I see an outline or a, a hazy spot. Uh-huh. Um, my clairvoyance is more internal. I see inside my mind. But, yeah, I've seen them a few times like that. <laughs> it hmm. scares me. <laughs> Interesting. So what, would yeah. you, what, would, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation? We've got about a minute and a half left. What would you like to tell them about the work that you do? I just want people to get the strong stand that I am for the evolution of us to the remembering of us. Um, that's I. There is nothing more rewarding than being in the space when someone remembers. When you see it click and you feel it all click and it snaps in place, when they just remember the beauty that they are, the strength that they are, and there's just something so... It's such an honor to be the witness for that. Well, Morgan, we have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a delight talking to you. And Exxon Nation, if you would like to contact Morgan for any information or if you'd like to um, contact her for a one-on-one consultation, her website is www.embracewithin.com. That's www.embracewithin.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, the Mutual Broadcast Network. Let me see, in Europe or across Europe, Euro Radio TV and, of course, X-Zone Broadcast Network at xzbn.net and iHeartRadio. Don't go away. <laughs> 